With the recent release of Aquaman, we got to thinking about the insane amount of superhero movies that have been released over the last decade. Those superhero movies and shows started not long after the creation of their source material. They have become a prominent part of pop culture over the last 10 years. With the recent passing of Stan Lee, we wanted to have a discussion about how cool superheroes have become. Ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of 1 out of 10 would recommend. I'm hoping you guys had a happy new year, a happy holidays, spent some quality time with the family, and are ready for another episode. I'm Ray, and with me I have my co-host Eddie. Eddie, how are you today? I'm wonderful. I am living life. New year, new me, you know, but... Same old interest. Same old interest. We went down and caught Aquaman last night. We did. We saw Aquaman. So Finally. It's been out for like three weeks. I've been wanting to watch it forever. But at least the theater was impact. <laughs> theater was decent, yeah. And that's it's really kind of what inspired this episode. Uh, Aquaman was coming out and we're like, man, superheroes really have changed in recent history. In the recent, probably last decade, they've become something very, very cool. But have they always been cool? Nah, I mean, I don't think so. They've been cool to a certain demographic, probably. And I know I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been a huge Batman fan, a huge Iron Man fan, a huge just, you know, superheroes, comics in general. But that wasn't always the case. I mean, you know, you and I have grown up in a time when we see now everywhere across, you know, just in pop culture in general. That wasn't the case. I mean, I, at least I don't remember it growing up. What about you? No. Uh, I took a little bit of a different approach when I was growing up. I didn't really listen to uh, or watch a lot of comics uh, on TV, read a lot of comics. I actually recently started reading comic books. I really watched a lot of uh, different types of media, like Dragon Ball Z and, and, and stuff like that. That was my go-to. But le- So let's take it a little step back. So when when did actually comic books start? I know you have quite a lot of experience with DC and Marvel. So maybe give us a little rundown of when comic books started and kind of who were the big players at the time. All right, yeah. So, I mean, comic books have been around for quite some time. Um, and they're technically divided into four eras. And the era that sort of kicked off comic books is called the golden era of comic books, right? And that was from 1938 until about 1950. 1938? Yeah. Wow. And okay. so, you know, back then, you really had this uh, company called Detective Comics, who was a predecessor of DC Comics, probably why they're called DC Comics. Mm. They were formed in 1938, and their very first character was Superman, Right. And so Marvel came around not long after them, but they were actually called Timely Comics at the time. Um, and so really it was sort of DC, uh, Detective Comics or DC running the show because in that time period you had Superman, you had Batman, you had Wonder Woman. were sort of like the big characters of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only known Marvel character, I guess at the time, Timely Comics character that was huge was uh, was Captain America. So Captain America timely created him in 1941. 
right? Uh, so and so to to I'm thinking about those dates, and those dates sound very familiar to me. And at the time, the world was kind of in a in a, in a pretty rough state with World War Two. So yep. you can probably see a lot of characteristics of the times in the superheroes that were created. For right? sure. Captain America. World War II started in 1939 and in 1945. And you said Captain America was uh, designed in 1941. So it's like during the time of World War II, I guess it was a, it was maybe like a rally cry to bring you know everybody together from different walks of life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you even see it in the movie, in the first Captain America movie. That, uh, you know, that was, that was a big thing. You know, he's out there. He's going to cheer the troops up. And that was very much, you know, sort of a big inspiration for creating this character. And another note, just because just this, I think this matters, and we're going to touch on this a little more as to why superheroes have become so cool or just so prominent in pop culture is just, you know, in that era, characters like Superman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America specifically. What... what do you think is in common that they all three of those characters very much share in common? Those three, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're uh, and it's not inside of like a super. It's not a super obvious answer because you got you know two different companies. I mean, they've got a lot of things in common from just me looking from the outside in. Um, so yeah, like my background, I'm not. I don't really know too much about the creation of these superheroes. So and comics. So for me, I'm going to give you kind of like an outsider's view in. So when you compare Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America... I would actually leave Batman out of this one. Specifically Superman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America. Okay. So uh, besides the obvious, you know, of of who they are and kind of what they look like, um, I think they all have in common the fact that they want to help people. uh, The fact that they're kind of, at times, martyrs where they're okay with, you know, like in Captain America, jumping on the grenade, you know, when before you got turned into, you know, the science... Fair project, um, but they were always trying to be the leaders, always trying to take one for the team and make sure that everybody was okay. Yeah, so that's actually a very good way of kind of dancing around the, the, my point, which is they're like perfect, right? There, there's no flaws to them. Yeah, right. And I said leave Batman out of it because we all know Batman's story, right? Correct. How Correct. how sort of he becomes Batman? Correct. But Superman, Wonder Woman, Captain America, they're all like these very perfect type characters. No flaws, just almost invincible like characters, right? Correct. And there's another thing that I think is also very important about all of them is that they all had different identities. They had secret identities. Even though when you look at Superman, I don't know how they couldn't tell that that was Clark Kent. This dude (laughs) looked exactly like him. You just take some glasses off and they're like, oh my God, who is this? Wonder Woman, very similar. Captain America, different because he had a mask on. But you never knew their true identities. Right, right. That those were a secret to them. Yeah, they're not human. They're not human. They're mean, not they're not human. human. And, and <clears throat> Captain America, like you said, he was a science for a project. Clark Kent is an alien. Um, and Wonder Woman is basically like a demigoddess. Yeah. Right? She's from Themyscira, you know, created by Zeus. Spell that real quick. <clears throat> I can't. <laughs> Spell that. I can't. But, uh, but right. And so, you know, that's how sort of comic books get started. And then we move after 1950. There was sort of a lack of interest in yeah. superheroes. Well, you can imagine what just happened, right? Right. And the world was probably in a very serious state. Um, people were probably looking at comic books like, 
this is child's play. These are these are kids. They I don't think they considered them graphic novels at the time. I think they just considered them probably like cartoons. Yeah, cartoons yeah, on yeah, paper yeah. for kids. Yeah, absolutely. So they didn't get that serious edge to them. Right, and so you know, I you know, interest wanes a little bit, and then in about 1956, uh, the Flash sort of starts to Flash renew Gordon? interest. No, 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 no. The Flash, as in Barry Allen. Mm, okay. Right? For those of you that watch the uh, the Flash on the CW, you know who I'm talking <laughs> about. But uh, so that, the Flash renews interest, and then after that, you have uh, the concept of the Justice League of America in 1961 that comes out. So that sort of you know creates a team. And I know you know not long ago we had a movie that released on Justice League that was the Justice League movie. Um, and then we have a very very well known name sort of start to create his legacy, and that's Stanley. And Stanley um, had been in the game and had written for a couple, you know, had for Marvel. He had written some of the stories of the already established characters, but he hadn't yet created his masterpieces yet. And so, you know, I think the very first thing we're going to drop here for our listeners that they probably didn't know is who do you think was his first real creation? Or who would you have thought? Because I know you know I would have guessed before, I would have said Spider-Man. Right. And I think everybody would have, because that's what he's most famously known for. But it wasn't. So who was it? Who was the first character? The Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. Now, what's so special about the Fantastic Four? Because they were a little bit different than all the superheroes that were coming out at the time. Yeah. And so this is why I had asked you about why, uh, you know, what's so common? What, What do Superman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America share in common? Is that you know they're all this, these perfect archetypes? Well, Stan Lee was his wife actually told him because he was thinking about quitting and leaving the comic book industry. Yeah, his wife tells him just write the story in the book and the characters like you want to, and if they accept it, great. If not, well, you're thinking about a career change anyway. See, you need some positivity in your life like that. You need right. a you need a Stanley's wife. I don't know her name, but you need a her. Like, <laughs> where where do we find these? <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree. But that's a subject for a different day. <laughs> so he creates the Fantastic Four. Now Stanley wanted to create more human like and relatable characters, and that's where Mister Fantastic, Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, and the Thing come into play. Now, how do they all relate to each other? They have an interesting family complexity, right? They do. They do. So, Mr. Fantastic is husband of Invisible Woman, and the Human Torch is Invisible Invisible Woman's brother. Now, the Thing is like their best friend. So, he's so close that he's basically family, right? Correct. Now, that is before they uh, get their superpowers, though. Yes. Yes. And so, what was going on is... um, Mr. Fantastic is leading uh, an experimental spaceship. Their spaceship gets hit by cosmic radiation, and they come back, and they have these superpowers. And so, you know, that's not necessarily weird or atypical when how someone gets superpowers. But what's really interesting is throughout their story, Mr. Fantastic feels guilt because he's at fault for what's happened to him and his family and, you know, while he and Sue Storm and Johnny Storm, which are Invisible Woman and Human Torch, aren't necessarily terribly affected because they can still look like humans, yeah. the Thing can't. Thing looks like, he looks like a rock. Yeah, he's a rock. He's a boulder. Exactly. And so he feels guilt that his friend, his brother, basically, looks like this atrocity. And the Thing 
can't help but feel resentment yeah. towards towards his friend of a lifetime. Um, because, you know, as much as he might care for him, it was his experimental spaceship that turned and him. He did lose a lot too, right? But yeah. 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 But yeah, he did. Well. He did. I mean, you know, um, because of his looks, he, he had a, a wife or a girlfriend. I don't quite remember, but she left him. Yeah. You know, and that just that I'm sure that that I mean, like anybody, people have gone through that where someone leaves them, and that takes a toll on them. And so yeah. he created these uh, these really relatable characters. And um, there's and, another but, one though too, right? So absolutely. It wasn't just the Fantastic Four. Uh, Spider Man had. An interesting background as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man is probably his best-known work. Yep. And I think there's a very big reason for that. Yep. You know, um, Peter Parker, nerd, getting picked on at school. You know, just not the prettiest, not the most handsome guy. <laughs> he just said he's pretty. I mean, <laughs> you have pretty men, you have handsome men. I think there's a difference. Can we agree on that? No. Oh, come on. All right. Yeah, we can say they're handsome, but they ain't pretty. Regardless. Yeah, there's Metro, man. You know, <laughs> oh. guy can be Metro and he can look pretty. All right? Oh, Give that one to me, at least. We're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so, yeah, you know, Peter Parker is a nerdy guy who nothing special about him. He's not handsome. He can't talk to women, really. He's socially awkward. Doesn't have really a lot of friends. No, no, he and he's not, you know, he's not like your Iron Man where he has all unlimited funds or Batman that he can, you know, fund his superhero desires. Like he can't do that. You know, he's just a normal guy. A normal guy. And uh I think probably that's probably why he was so successful. Yeah. Right? Because he was so relatable. Yeah. And now these superheroes were still kind of cool, but they were at the same time, like your friends, you know, like there were people that you could see yourself as a superhero. You didn't have to have come from an alien planet or something like that to be a superhero. It's like, oh, wait a second. This guy's kind of like me. He's going through the same problems. And maybe at the same time, it was also helping people that were going through those things make them feel like I'm not the only one that's that's feeling this. Right, right. I'm and the superhero overcame his or her problems and issues by helping other people. They say whenever you're going through a rough time, when you're going through a bad time, the best way to get over it is by helping other people get over certain things. Um, I know it's like misery loves company kind of thing, but at the same time, it makes you forget about the things that you're going through and kind of gives you the gratification of helping somebody else. So yeah. I think that um, is something that Stan Lee focused on with some of these characters and really gave them that human aspect. Yeah, yeah. And and it is, you know, you, you we see this relatability again with the x-men where they're just they're they're all really different and people don't accept them that's their story right yep. and a lot of people can relate to that especially because a lot of these characters are teenagers for the x-men right yeah um and you just see it on and on again and he's able to create these all these relatable characters comics really were being created for kids i mean if you look at comic books now it, well even back then more so now, like you said, you've started reading comic books. I've, I've read uh, a decent amount of comic books. And a lot of the content can be a little more mature, right? So yeah. maybe not necessarily geared toward kids. But back then it was. And so, you know, Stan Lee sort of starts this more um, relatable more, more relatable, relatable trend of characters. Yeah. And, it become, and it also does start to kickstart the popularity of comic books in older generations, right. older people. 
And, and all of a sudden, you start to see the popularity is going up, sales are going up, interest is going up. Mm-hmm. 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 And this is even before we had proper media platforms like, say, like uh, television, like color television and internet and uh, the computers and so forth, where it becomes a lot easier to access this um, information. And it's honestly like back in the day, black and white. I don't know how I would like to watch Superman, you know, on a black and white TV. It's probably pretty crappy, right? I mean, especially to what we have now, right? Yeah. At the time, maybe it was a great thing. But again, you know, it was, I think it was definitely a limited scope of people. These, uh, these sto- stories were touching, yeah. right? And there just, just wasn't a lot to sort of put them out there in the world. Okay. And so... You know, but to just that, that that sort of wraps up the, the background because I think it's really important to our point we want to make today, yeah. which is why are they so popular? And, you know, why did they become cool? Why did they become so cool? Because like, like I said, man, I was, when I was in middle school, what was that from, from 2000, like three or four to 2006, right? It was right as they were going to release Batman Begins and all that. It was a little bit before that. But before that time, it just it wasn't like everyone knew about these superheroes, and every, and everyone thought, oh, that's cool, Batman's cool. No, yeah, and at the time they didn't, you know. You know, like, at it, the was, time, it was just like, it was a nerdy thing. It was a nerdy thing, and it was very geeky, and, and it wasn't cool to do that. But so okay, so we talked about kind of the background there, the Golden Age, the Silver Age. There's a, a couple of different additional ages. So the question that I'm going to pose for you: What do you think put superheroes on the map? What event is there? An event that put superheroes on the map? I think that for for pop culture anyway, for just mainstream, you know, because they've always been around, and those that have always enjoyed it and appreciated it have always been a part of the superhero sort of revolution, right? But I really think, and I think you agree with me on this, is the Dark Knight. Of course, yeah, the that Dark was my Knight. go-to. That was honestly that was where I started really getting into DC, Marvel, and getting interested in these characters, mm-hmm. it was the Dark Knight. And honestly, it was Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude... He hit it out of the park. Unbelievable, man. Like, the character that he played, and it's very tragic what, you know, ended up happening, but it really it really shows you another level of relatability with these characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. like, this guy, you know, he had personal issues. He had things that were going on, going back to episode two, mental health is very, very important. But he played the Joker so well. I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to be able to step the Joker up, you know? No, no I agree. Did there. I agree. I totally agree with you, man. And uh, well, well, and, and what's, I guess what's even crazy is this one, he wasn't even the superhero himself. That, that, that was sort of, it was the villain, right? It was the villain. And, you know, a lot of times a well-written villain sort of makes the superhero. And in this case, I think that's absolutely true. But I think everything that happened opened up the gates for what was to follow, right? So Heath Ledger's performance, plus the fact that he overdosed and, it, it, you know, everybody says that they agree that probably the role he played took a toll on him because he did lock himself up in a uh, in, a, in a hotel room for, I think, yeah. like 30 days or whatever. Man, it's, so actors to get, do... To get into that role. Actors do very crazy things. Like, actors are dangerous people. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. If you... Can one day be one person and the next day be another? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little <Yeah>. dangerous. <laughs> so, but, okay, so, so, and it wasn't just at the time um, the fact that Heath Ledger did so well. I think it was also a time where music and pop culture, as you were saying, started to 
mix with comic books. Yeah, no, I think, and I think that that was a very big reason why, right? Because I think so many people enjoyed his performance and can see just how a flawed person can be a hero or villain, and started to attack, you know, uh, identify more. Yeah, with with them, you know, um, Batman. I don't think Batman was necessarily all that relatable in the movie. I mean, okay, so. And I don't know, like, I think I could relate to Batman in, in certain aspects. Right. Um, and I don't want to go, I don't want to go too crazy. It's going to be a super long episode if we do. But mainly, I think the part, the darker side where, um, you know, sometimes life doesn't go the way you plan it. Uh, and sometimes you get stuck in the rut of not being able, constantly having conversations with yourself. And you can't connect with other people. And as a result, now you become this, like, dark, dark personality, you know. But on the, on the opposite side of that, so what can you tell us about, say, like media today and, and what really kickstarted it being so cool besides Batman? Well, someone saw an opportunity and Marvel Studios was basically on its last dime, right? Marvel Studios was in trouble, um, I think. And, and, and so they really took a risk with releasing what I think now a lot of people look to as the beginning of this sort of revolution of comic book heroes, to me, it started with The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. I think, personally. Um, but a lot of people reference Iron Man as sort of why it is such a big deal now. And I understand why. You know, that, that you know for the last 10 going on 11 years now, we've had superhero after superhero movie on the Marvel side, mm-hmm. right? And uh, But I think, you know, you, you introduce a character... Who everybody liked to hate, because Tony Stark is this arrogant sob. Yeah, yeah. He's sob. Cocky. He's cocky. He's he's intelligent. You know, he's like he's got a genius IQ. He's got, he's got money. all this money. He's getting all. He can get any woman he wants. And easy then to hate. <laughs> he's easy to hate, right? Yeah. And so I think that the the, the 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 character itself was just easy to hate. So maybe not necessarily relatable, but everybody can cut come to common ground on him and the movie was good you pro- everybody probably knows somebody like him right exactly and um They're similar to him and so that i think a lot of people now look to iron man as sort of the launching pad and maybe they're right but i think if the dark knight doesn't open up that doorway as holy cow a superhero movie can be really good yeah None of that is. None of that happened. I mean, you don't have Black Panther. You don't have the the music that's associated with it. Like, I mean, even recently here in uh, 2018, the during the MTV Video Music Awards, uh, Kendrick Lamar and SZA uh, got Best Visual Effects for All the Stars, which is one of the songs out of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Black Panther is another very important one because it brought like the cool side of like hip hop. Into comics, like the nerdy side of comics and, and stuff like that. I mean, and then you know, in 2017, you also have Jaden Smith, who has a song called Batman. And Jaden Smith, I mean, he's, he's a lot younger than us, uh, and he's in a different generation, which makes it even crazier. Comes in a generation after us and still looks kind of like, you know, goes goes further back to look at these comic books and builds media off of that. Well, and, and he's also grown up probably at the time where these are, unlike you and I, where... You know, I know you you grew up more on anime. I grew up on anime too, but you know, also on the comic book characters because at the time on Toonami, dude, oh. the Justice League and the Batman. You know, like Mark Hamill is who I think about aside from Heath Ledger 
when you think about the Joker, because the the animated Joker is just one of the most recognizable characters in comic book history ever. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, he's grown up in it, so to him, it's all, almost always been cool. Yeah. But I think you and I have seen the transition of, and not just not just superheroes in comic books, but also anime. And I think maybe we can talk about that in a different time, in a different episode. But um, but yeah, you have that, and you had, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if they won an award, but you know, you had different generations of people going to watch this movie, and everybody enjoyed the movie, but nobody could stop talking about the soundtrack because mm. it was not, it was a bunch of old songs, you know. Uh, I think Some the Jackson throwbacks. Five, yeah, the Jackson Five were on there, um, and you just had a lot of throwbacks Marvin on there. Gaye. Uh, yeah, Marvin Gaye, I think, was on that on that track, on that soundtrack. So you just had all these throwbacks that people really enjoyed. And I think it connected a lot of people. A lot of, like, fathers, sons, and daughters, and mothers. Because they they really enjoyed, like, I've, I've heard stories of people saying, Hey, that song's really good. I really like that song. And it was like, that came out in the 70s. And they're like, yeah. what? Yeah. And so everybody's going back and, like, even, you know... Looking back at older music that maybe they would have never explored had it not been for this movie. Yeah. Right? And it's I, – I think I think we can kind of answer part of the question like why they became so cool. I think it's like the meshing of all these different medias, man. I think it's the meshing of music with uh, TV and, and new graphic designs and stuff. It, I don't know. It kind of just meshed very well together. Mm-hmm. I mean if, if you were talking about um, you know animes and the – you know the influence that animes have nowadays. I mean, just as an example, Adidas. Adidas, the shoe company, Adidas, just put out a Dragon Ball Z shoe line. Like, that to me is so crazy to think about. Like, when I was growing up, people were, you know, you joke on people who wore Dragon Ball Z stuff. Now it's like, if you walk down the street and see somebody with a Dragon Ball Z kind of outfit, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's kind of cool. I, I know, see you, Vegeta. Goku. I see you. <laughs> Vegeta. But, you know, they came out with a shoe line. And then you have... Uh, different like sports personalities, like people that are very influential in sports, like Juju Schmidt-Schuster, who's uh, one of the wide receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's very big into anime and video games and so forth. And it's like he himself is like another platform for kind of making it cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, they, oh, Halloween, for example, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean I Halloween. Think about that. You know, you you Halloween comes around, and before you know, you didn't see you saw you saw kids. With these costumes on, right? You saw kids with like Batman and Superman and yeah. and all these superhero costumes. Now everybody, you see everybody's doing it, yeah. especially on the ladies' side. You know, Harley Quinn. Everybody knows a Wonder Woman. Everybody knows a Wonder Woman. I know Woman. three Wonder Woman in the last four years. Who <laughs> dressed up like Wonder Woman? I mean, before that, it was like you dress up as a skeleton or something. You know, something ghost. Yeah. And you put a sheet over your head. But now it's it's pretty cool that. You can reach back into your past and bring back a character and dress up as that character. And all of a sudden, it's kind of cool. It is. I dressed up like Goku. I dressed up like Goku two Halloweens ago. And it was the best costume I'd ever had. Like, yeah. you walk around, people recognize you. Everybody recognizes Everybody you. Everybody recognizes you. Oh, my God, you Goku. So, it, it's kind of like now it's cool. If I would have done that in the past, they would have been like, mm, you're trying a little too hard. Yeah, no, yeah. you're trying a little too hard or what the hell is that? Who is that? Like, now people know. Why your hair yellow? People know. And, you know, we, we have this slew of movies coming out that, for better, you know, they just, critics either tear them up or love them, but 
crowds show up yeah. because it's action. Because a lot of times, and uh, people may not realize that they can relate to a lot of these characters until they go in there and they see these movies and they realize, oh, wow, you know, Black Panther is just a great example. Yeah. You know, Black Panther is a great example. Um, and it, it really, really, really touched a lot and highlighted just, I think in Hollywood had a big impact because, you know, you had a almost completely all African-American and black cast. And I think people appreciated the fact that finally you have, you know, a com- almost completely minority led cast that was a banger at the box office. Yep. Um, and it did highlight some of the issues that we're facing in today's world uh, with inequality and the feelings that people have towards different people unjustly. Absolutely. Honestly, I think, I think Kill- Killmonger, I think, is, is, is a villain that I think personally was the better part of the movie. I mean, I, I love Chadwick Boseman as the, uh, as the Black Panther, and the Black Panther is one of my favorite personal superheroes but michael b jordan but michael b jordan killed it he killed it i mean he killed it he He, so we were talking about actors and how they get in the character this guy said for killmonger that he literally for a year didn't talk to anybody to get in character yeah he would literally go home and he would stay in his apartment read up on his character he would say when he would walk down the street he'd put this face on and just like the 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 psychological effect that had on people, he put this like you know rude face on, like you know like don't fucking talk to me. And he'd walk down the street, and people would he he was like I was amazed at how people would just get out the way. Yeah, like they see your face and they just get out the way. And that's what I'm saying when it comes to these people. These these actors are very talented people. Like, it, but it takes a lot of effort for them to be able to put on these characters yeah. that they have in movies. And then when you see what it like the when, when it can touch. A, a social issue like like Killmonger's character did, I think people really appreciate their craft. Yeah, you know, I think that that is just it's it's a huge thing. It's something that maybe sometimes doesn't get talked about enough because you know some people probably might dismiss it. Oh, it's just a it's just a superhero movie based on the comic books. But no, the creators of these comics meant to address those social issues. Yeah. and I think it's awesome that now that people are more accepting of all these movies and characters that were making those associations and it's bringing it to the forefront of of the media you know when we get to talk about it and we open conversation and and it can lead to some positive things right and i hope that that's what that did because i think you know like i said killmonger and michael b jordan did an amazing job of bringing up some of those issues um and just, I hope it keeps going. Yeah. And, and it will, man. I mean, if you really think about it, like, it's catapulted to cool them. <laughs> like, it's cool. All this stuff, uh, comic books and so forth are cool. Um, even animes are starting to become cool now here. Uh, it's just a matter of time, man. Like, these kids nowadays, they have... I'm interested in seeing who the next big superhero that these kids are going to come up with. Because... There hasn't really been a creation of a cool superhero. Most of the creations of new cool superheroes have been in animes, and not so much on the comic book side. Yeah, you're 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 right. I mean, I think we're we're revisiting a lot of already established heroes. You know, I mean, you got on the DC side, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Which Wonder Captain Woman? America. By the way, I mean, these are Wonder all Woman. Old characters, Wonder right? Woman, by the way, was also another great movie for the whole 
females taking a leading role and, and just being badasses. And, and, yeah. and, and I think that was another great positive movie um, that touched on that. And, and uh, I think they got enough credit for it. I hope they keep getting credit for that, you know, for just sort of the feminism sort of shining yeah. in a very positive way, right? Yep. But but you're right, you're right. We we haven't had necessarily a brand new character introduced, so maybe you're right. Maybe this springboards the creation of new characters that we can identify with even more. Yep. The, maybe touch on some social aspects that we see today in the world. Right. New social. Aspects. New social. New so, social issues and. Um, Sure. So, I think I think we're pretty good with answering the question of why we think superheroes kind of became cool. Is there any other points you wanted to touch on? No, no, no. I think uh, I just hope everybody enjoyed the episode. You know, um, I think we gotta we gotta thank our listeners. You know, thank you for putting up with us. Thank <laughs> you for listening. Um, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, go out, fo- follow us on Instagram because yes, I, I think we've we haven't mentioned that before. At one out of ten would recommend if we got to get a yeah. Twitter out to communicate because we do want to hear back from everybody. Sure. I think I think that's that that is something we want to do a better job of um, hear back from you guys. But again, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Rate, review, subscribe. One out of ten would recommend. See you guys next time.